Today's Hail to the District podcast is brought to you by our newest presenting sponsor, and that's JokerChoker.com. JokerChoker.com is the home of the Joker Choker Pro Football Pick'em Poker Game, which is a new type of football picking game that brings the strategy of poker to the idea of making weekly football picks. Each week, you pick your game winners and then try to build the best poker hands from the winning team's cards. What's unique about this pick'em style of game is that because you get up to 50 bonus points on top of your pick'em points, you're never out of the running for first place, even if you have a couple of weeks of bad hands. It's easy to play, it's free to play, but it takes strategy to win. Over $500 in prizes are available, so sign up for your free account at jokerchoker.com, that's J-O-K-E-R-C-H-O-K-E-R.com, and use the promo code DISTRICT for bonus points to help you get started today. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome, everyone, to the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, and with the NBA season tipping off on Tuesday evening, I am really excited to have reassembled my friends John and Neil to talk about this upcoming 2016-2017 NBA season. So right off the bat, gentlemen, welcome. How are you guys doing? I'm excited to watch some basketball. I'm thrilled to watch some basketball because this NFL season has been a big, giant turd bowl. Yeah, and the NBA season uh, usually marks a uh, uh, baseball ending, which is also another happy occasion. For it's me. one of John Neal's favorite times of the year when the baseball season is ending. Except, except it, this is like the best day in Cleveland's history. They get to raise a banner and they get a World Series game in one night. Uh, That's pretty yeah. sad. This is all kinds of sad, yes. Which only means that Washington, D.C. is now the most depressed sports city in the entire nation. And I, many, you, Minis- you don't have to tell us about that. Minnesota, go screw yourself. It's it's us or Minneapolis. Go screw yourself. It's us. I don't care what you think. They had they try to have a claim like no, it's us. We we own it and we're happy with it. We are suffering for twenty five years, twenty five years, twenty four technically and a half coming yeah. up on twenty five. Yeah. Um, now that we're sufficiently melancholy and hate ourselves for part one of the NBA preview, I thought we'd take a page from the playbook we used last year and run through our top teams top eight teams out West. And then in part two, we'll cover the East and kind of like what we did last year or kind of different from what we did last year. We'll start from the bottom up beginning with the eighth seed, considering there's a whole lot of, uh, not a lot of intrigue as we go further and further up the rankings. I'm pretty sure we all know who the top three, if not number one seed is going to be. There's a whole lot of action in the middle. Yeah. It's all, it's everybody else jockeying from number eight to number five i mean number eight through number four and then the top three are pretty much you know locks but uh before we start dumping into those jumping into those top five i thought we'd begin our discussion on any of the teams you might have just outside looking in or they might you have might just missing the playoffs or they might be the team that other people have in the playoffs and you're like nah i don't think they're gonna make it this year screw everybody else anybody pop into your head for along those lines I don't think Dallas is making it this year. Yeah, I, I don't have Dallas in either. My, my two are like the kind of old constants of Dallas and Memphis. I think this is the year they fall out. I hate to be the same, same, but yes, that's exactly mine. I don't have Dallas. I don't have Memphis. I don't think either of them even wins 40 games, to be completely honest. Memphis, I think, might maybe, maybe if things go well, and I'm not optimistic they about healthy, that. They if, could. Yeah, If Parsons actually like plays a full season, they that's actually – could get in there, but exactly, it's a colossal if. It's a colossal. He's never played like a healthy season, I don't yeah. think. Right. Well, he's he's healthy right now. Oh, that means he's going to just get hurt tomorrow. Right. He might be yeah. healthy enough to go sling that Putin, but other than that, he's not healthy enough to do much else. Not play basketball anyway. 
No, I think they're. Uh, I'm with you. They're old. They're banged up. They're razor thin on the bench. I don't see how Memphis gets breaks the top eight. And I'm the yeah. same way with Dallas. I mean, oh you wait, know, sorry, Car- Ch- Ch- Chandler Parsons had knee surgery, so he's still <laughs> recovering from that. So he's not even healthy now. Yep. <laughs> Whoops. Well, yeah. he's probably still slinging the po- slinging the hose though. I mean, wouldn't you? Isn't he a twenty million dollar a year man? Yep. For God knows what, but sure. Yeah. That was one of those you're like. Any team but my team sign him. Yeah, that was Ernie hang, handing uh, $117 million to Gilbert Arenas with one knee. It's basically almost along the same lines. And that's so, how you also feel about Harrison Barnes, right? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> what a great <laughs> signing for Dallas. <laughs> He's been poo-poo platter in the preseason, man. Holy crap. That Just is be so terrible. You knew it was a steaming turd when he left Golden State. You knew it was a steaming turd when you handed him 100 plus million. How would you expect him to not continue to be a steaming turd? He's a steaming turd. It is what it is. I told you my comparison last year for him was Otto Porter. They were, they're the same player. Which only means there's a potential that the Wizards are going to hand Otto Porter $100 million. Oh, uh, well, they might. Oh, that would be fantastic. Please yeah. do that. Please do that. Um, great. So does anybody have New Orleans? No. Playoffs? No, I don't have them. I, 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 I didn't either, and I really – I just – they have nobody on that team outside of Davis. I'm sick of your Tyreek Evans bashing. Tyreek Evans is terrible. He's no, just terrible. I mean, I, Buddy will be fun to watch. I think he's going to develop. I really hope that he gets uh, solid minutes to um, develop some kind of rapport with Anthony Davis. It, like that's definitely a team to watch. Like next year. Yeah, this year I don't think it'll happen it's, unless Anthony Davis is the league's MVP. And it's not going to happen considering the supporting cast. His second best player right now is Buddy Buddy Heald. I mean. Look at the one through five. Drew Holiday, Buddy Heald, Solomon Hill, Anthony Davis, and Omer Ashik. I mean, good lord. That's god-awful. It's horrendous. not <laughs> – Then you go to their bench and it just gets the sadder. Benches of- hey, they got Etwan Moore now. He's yeah, and they also have Lance Stevenson, and he's probably going to start. Oh, my oh god. god. Wow. I mean, yeah. the, the bench is, an, is, a, is a bad D-League team, not even a bad, bad bench hey, in general. Terrence Jones has lots of potential. Yeah, well, he did, and then he never realized, and that's why he's in New Orleans now. I I don't know. I just it's it's a sad story. There's so much potential, but yeah, the, the team building around it's been horrendous. And just to make sure we're all on the same page, none of us have Vivek in the playoffs, right? No. Oh, oh dude, I have them winning it all. Of course you do. When, when did Vivek. what did they get for Boogie? Because he's got to get traded this year. I think Boogie gets traded next fe- next February fe- February eighteen. That's my that's my pick because he's a free agent right after that, and that's when they finally say when he basically you know punches someone literally in the front office, and then like we should probably trade him now. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes this year. I don't think so. I think Vivek's going to hold out to the better end because he's just this angry, stubborn Indian man. And what I can if they go like a Cousins Lamarcus Aldridge trade. I don't think San Antonio does it. I don't think so either. It all depends on how Aldridge plays this year. Some people think he's going to step back, and then some people think he'll bounce back. I, so, I, I, I think San Antonio should do it. Um, I, I yeah, it's just my opinion. But who, you, you, don't, you can't turn down Cousins, and with Lamarcus like coming up in the reports recently, uh, it might be just time to ship him off if he's really like unhappy about Kawhi. Well, he was kind of a pain in the ass in in, uh, in Portland. 
But we'll segue to we'll segue to Portland and we'll segue to San Antonio in a few minutes. But we'll start with the number eight seed, unless you guys have Portland at the number eight seed. But nope. who do you guys have at number eight? Thibodeau. Yep. I got Minnesota. Damn you all. I have Minnesota at the number eight seed as well. <laughs> well, there's no way they go higher. I, I think they make the playoffs, I, but I just don't see them this, getting a seventh or sixth. You could convince me forty-five to forty-seven wins out of this team. I'm that high on them. In the West, really? In the yes. West? Yeah, I could. You could convince me. So, so next time I'm in Delaware, you want me to stop at Dover Downs and place a bet on the over? Uh, that's yes, a big time over for I, them. I'm absolutely. I, I think that the over under is is on the low side. I would absolutely put money on the, the next time you're out there. So here's my thing: you Thibodeau by himself. Just if if all things were were equal, Thibodeau by himself is worth the extra however many wins. Where there were thirty two wins last year, I think it was. He over Sam Mitchell is that much of a difference because yes. that guy wasn't a coach. That guy was a joke. And with this much talent, you can't convince me that Thibodeau wouldn't couldn't get a twenty percent increase or or thirty percent increase in wins out of these guys. But he's that much better. He's a top five NBA coach. He's going to actually teach them things that they don't know, unlike probably what they were doing last year with Sam Mitchell, teaching him how to do how to do his job. Yeah, twenty nine wins. Filling in for a sad situation. Yes. And on, on top of that, right, you have the 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 horrible situation to start off with with, with Flip's passing and you know, he wasn't a good coach, and he was already kind of coming into a bad karma situation. You put Tibbs in there, and I mean, at, at minimum, at minimum, he's looking at 41 wins. But with has this Tibbs roster. learned with his year off? I think so. I'm I th- sure he has, but if you – I don't know if you caught anything in the preseason, um, but apparently they were playing, like, amazing defense already. It is the preseason, but if you can get like the Wolves to play any kind of defense, that's going to be a, a very dangerous team. Well, they have the most versatile defensive, athletic, switchy lineup. I mean, they could just—they're the—they're one team that could give Golden State a fit just if, because of how athletic and long they are. If he can get through to Levine and Wiggins in the way no one else has, it—it it is terrifying as to what they can accomplish. As long as he doesn't run them into the ground and tear their knees right. out. But at this point, and don't all, forget Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn is the senior statesman at 22 years old. Do we realize Ricky Rubio feels like he's been in the league for a decade? He's 25. Wow. Oh, my God. Right? He's 25. It's the 08 draft. These guys are so young. Even if he does run them 73 minutes a game, they're going to be fine. Their oldest starters, Gorgie Dang or Georgie, or whatever the hell it is, is 26 years old. They're so young. They're so athletic. I think between Chris Dunn, who's already a defensive bulldog, Levine's got so much talent. Wiggins, he just needs to get his head on straight. And Carl Anthony Towns can do whatever he basically damn well wants to on the floor. This team is so good, and it's just a matter of babysitting until they're old enough to really figure out what right. the hell they're doing. Well, and getting a little bit more shooting. Yeah, th- that's if there's one thing that's the problem is who is the sh- the guy like the right. you know last second shot guy? Who do you give it to? They don't have one of those. That's their only blemish, I would say, that they don't have a pure scorer. But the amount of athleticism and talent that's over there, you to, that Tibbs has got to work with. I mean, especially juxtaposed with the rest of the West, which you know, frankly, after the fourth seed, isn't very good at all. Uh, yeah, I, well, it's, it's a it's a whole lot of five hundred basketball after the fourth seed, which is, is where I think they're going to be. I think they win forty two games, but so I think they struggle to hit forty. Wow, you're going on the under. Yeah. 
I'm, it's I, just because it's the West. I think you know you're just going to hit random competition when you might be on the back end of a back to back. If Thibs is really going to wear them out, they're going to be tired. Uh, I mean, Derek Rose was young. Dude tore his knee up, so it's it's dude tough. Took PEDs. Yeah, what's that? The dude took PEDs. Yeah, but everybody does. <laughs> Derek Rose is also dumb as a bag of hamburgers. So this is also very true. And he ate a lot of Skittles. A lot of Skittles. Some of the diets of these athletes when they first come into the NBA is absolutely astonishing. When you tell them like you should switch up the hot dogs and the Kit Kats for like, you know, meat and fruits, they're like, oh my God. It's like revel- revelatory to them. Like, wait, I shouldn't eat like fruit roll ups and hot dogs? I, my diet can't be solely sugar. Or, you know, I shouldn't put my Popeye's fried chicken in the cabinets <laughs> and just subsist on that all week like Kwame Brown did. This is just <laughs> madness. <laughs> That's a true story, by the way. KFC in the cupboard. <laughs> it wasn't KFC. It was Popeyes. Of course, it was. Oh, oh man, God. who who do we have at the seven? I, I've got Houston. Houston. Yeah. I have the Thunder at seven. All right, so all three, could... all three of us are actually different. I have Portland at seven. Wow. Yeah, it it pains me to put the Thunder here, um, especially since I love Angry Westbrook, uh, but. Uh, they're they're also gonna be playing with like a lot of pride in this giant fu mentality. I just don't I just don't see it being sustainable. Well, they don't have the talent either. I mean, exactly. Their second best player is Stephen Adams. Yeah, yeah. yeah Over it, Oladipo. Oladipo. Uh, I would put Oladipo ahead. I don't know. Stephen Adams was a beast in the playoffs. We'll see how he does in the regular season. Right. So, all right, your second, your third best player, Stephen Adams. Your second best player is Oladipo. Uh, still can't shoot. And you have uh, Enos Cantor. Yay. Yep. And Enos. Andre Roberson, who can't shoot. You no, know, he did show signs. He showed signs. But yeah, I agree. He's going to have a problem. But you, you're going to have a double double or triple double machine. Oh, he's he's going to be in contention for MVP within a month. Easily, I think. And he's probably going to be top MVP. He's going to be at Did the they top. win the year Durant was hurt? 45. Yeah, I, I got to think they do better than that. That's my thought as well. They, in 2014, without Durant, they won 45 games. I think they're slightly better than that, which is why I don't have them quite that low. I don't have them much higher, but I don't have Oklahoma City quite that low with them. My thoughts on Portland, why I have Portland at number seven, why other people might have them higher, is I think Portland peaked last year. They're not going to sneak up on anyone last year, on this year. They've doled out a whole bunch of money and paid a whole bunch of money to people. Like Alan Crabb for whatever that disgusting contract was. That was so bad. I agree. And then, and this is my bias, but believe me, you know, or I'm sure people would agree with me. When you give a whole bunch of money to Evan Turner, I think it's your, nothing good comes out of that. I couldn't, I thought the Evan Turner signing was terrible. And I think this team is is so predicated on Dame Lillard doing amazing things with the ball in his hands, which he does. And I'm not even a fan of the combo guard volume score type, but Dame is just, he's so good. And that team kind of flows with him creating and maybe borderline ball hogging. And Evan Turner is like Damian Lillard on crystal meth. Like he needs to do the same shit. That's kind of what Evan Turner is. And he just does it terribly. Just does it completely awfully. Like I said, like Damian Lillard on crystal meth. That's basically what Evan Turner is. And so, with a, a shorter range. Damian Lillard's like Steph. He can hit it anywhere. He can hit a shot anywhere. So, um, 
Evan Turner only takes mid-range garbage shots. And this isn't Golden State where Lillard, McCollum, Evan Turner, and Crabb can pass the ball around to each other. These guys are all shoot first and ask questions later. So are there enough shots for all of these? I just think there's, they, they peaked last year. They won, I think, 44 games last year. And, you know, they got a bunch of guys that are paid. They got a bunch of guys that are going to be content. And they're, you know, they're not anyone's like, oh my God, look at them. And, or people are not going to overlook them. That's why I think they're, yeah, Portland won 44 games last year. I see them winning maybe 44 again, maybe slightly under, and I think they finish right around seventh. See, I think I think Terry Stotts figures out their uh, lineup and gets a decent enough rotation where they get the ball distributed, and th- they'll quickly figure out that Damian Lillard is the, the supreme alpha, the alpha on that team. I think CJ McCollum is due for uh, a pretty good breakout season as well. I would agree like, with that. He broke he's out been last hit- year, though. Yeah, but he, you know, he he still has a, a level he can go. He has to. another gear. He has another gear, and I think that backcourt can be filthy. They're, yeah, they're gonna be filthy if Stotts gets them to work well together. They got good depth too. I mean, so they can they can endure um, some droughts, you know, and they can endure some some time out with with their starters. Some, but you got Evan Turner coming off. He, if he's going to lead your second unit, I mean, you could do much worse, but you could do much, much better. Al Farouk Aminu and Mason Plumley and, and those guys and Festus Azili in the front court and, and Ed Davis, just none of that inspires me. Festus Azili. It doesn't inspire you, but it, it, at least it's, they're role players. They're, they're They've like, got good they're, depth yeah. there. Yeah. You don't need like studs at all positions. Right. I mean, they're they're, they're going to be serviceable big men. They've got a lot of. Decent big men. I'm sticking my fingers in my ears and putting my head in the sand, and I'm saying Portland's a seventh seed. I have them higher, but you want to know what? The NBA is a crazy place, and what happened last year has no reflection on what will happen this year, so I'm probably wrong. Yeah, who knows? So, but in three months from now, Sacramento might be the fourth seed, and we all just look like idiots again, like when we all made fun of Charlotte last year. Not going to happen. There, yeah, there's no. not so much, but number six. Succeed. This is where I had Portland. Okay, I have Utah. You have Utah at at, at uh, six. This yes. is where I had Oklahoma City. No, oh, so we swapped basically. You basically, swapped. yeah. Okay. Utah at that uh, at six. That's interesting. It's more. I'm just so tired of hearing everybody talk about how great they're going to be, and then I look at them and I'm like, but they have like they've got a bunch of good players, but no great player. You might get tired of me talking about them later. Oh, this is exactly what I was talking to Rajan about uh, um, before uh, the conversation started. Um, I have I have Utah at five, so I can just jump right into that. But I really don't like anybody on their team except maybe Rudy Gobert. Like, I really don't like Gordon Hayward for some reason. I just can't. Well, he can't be your best player. I just he can't is get their into best it. player. Yeah, exactly. And I just can't get into him. And Joe Johnson is is just he's just there for like money, and he's just going to be terrible. Oh, he's a blatant cash grab. Yeah, he's just not going to be any good there. George Hill's a good point guard. He doesn't he's, fill the stat sheet, but on the he's a good point guard when you watch him play. He does he does a lot of everything. He's a good defender. He he does a good job running the team. Rodney Hood's a really good young scorer. And uh, Trey Lyles, have you guys ever seen him in preseason or the summer league? I have not. Seen, was, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to watch him. Killing play. it, he was killing it. He would take it to the rack and dunk on guys, and then he'd go four for four from three point land, and that'd just be like the first quarter. So, are you making the argument for Utah then? No, I'm just saying they have a lot of good players. They just don't have anybody great. 
they don't have anybody that, you know, oh, crap, oh, crap, we need to score a basket. Who do you give the ball to? And they just kind of shrug their shoulders and go, oh. You know, they don't. They just don't. They're missing that dominant force, and that's why I don't think, like, you know, a lot of people have them going 48, 50 wins, and I just don't see it. So I'll finish out my thoughts on Oklahoma City. As we were saying, I think they'll be slightly better than their 2014 version because apples to apples, you're upgrading Scotty Brooks if it is an upgrade to Billy Donovan. Um, I think Russell Westbrook is going to turn into basically an evolutionary, I don't give a fuck version of Allen Iverson circa 15 years ago. And he's going to be fine with that because there's no one else who can shoot the basketball. So I think he's just going to have the green light and who's going to tell him otherwise to shoot on every single possession. And yeah, I don't, I think just from a perspective of they're not going to win that many games that he's not going to get MVP. But if, if they were to somehow become one of the top three teams in the West, yeah, I think he's going to be in the conversation. I mean, I had Oklahoma City fifth because I think, you know, as we said, they, they won 45 without Durant the year, the other year. And I just think that there's a little bit more incentive and I think they have a little bit slightly better talent um, and better coaching that I think I think they get 48 wins. 48. I, I, I took the over for them. I, had, I took the under on Utah. See, I have – and I hate it. It's almost, almost – I mean you can't push with it, but I'm almost like right on the push territory. I know their over-under is 45 and a half, and I'm like, I'm like 45 to 46, which is you know, it's, it's ultimate hedging or ultimate the under. indecisiveness on that. <laughs> I see. I take the over, but whatever. So a team that I, mean, I am – Is Billy Donovan like really – so was Billy Donovan really a good coach last year? We don't year? know that. We only – we can only extrapolate from their performance – Against the Golden State Warriors in the round, the ch- in the championship. Well, we round, can't right? because yeah. he had Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, and he was playing freakishly good long defense. So do you Until attribute the that last like two minutes? Do you attribute that to to Donovan getting him to do so, or do you attribute that to Durant saying, "I can taste the finals for the first time in four years"? The latter, probably. Yeah. So the team that I do have going substantially over the over under is I have Houston at number five. I could I could honestly see this, but they're going to play zero defense. So that is a hundred percent where my thought is. The <laughs> they literal- lost Patrick Beverly for the like start of the season, so they're starting a backcourt of Eric Gordon and James Harden. <laughs> oh God! They might. I legitimately, up. I legitimately believe they're going to be the top three in scoring and bottom three in defense. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's and, it, and it's going to be good enough to win games in the regular season, and then they'll get swept out of the playoffs. Because a lineup, assuming Eric Gordon's healthy, which is the worst assumption ever, but a lineup of Harden, Gordon, Anderson, um, Capella, and who am I missing? Trevor, and Ariza, right? They can shoot, and they want to shoot. And the problem is all five of them are – except for Capella. So I should say four out of five of them are getting – are either really lazy or Ariza's getting a little lazy because everyone else around him is not playing any defense. But given the fact that they all like to shoot, I think Mike D'Antoni is a perfectly scary fit for this team because he's going to be like, you know what? Don't even worry about the defense. Just let him score and we're just going to go back to the other end and he'll score again. And then we look at their bench and we forgot Nene is on this team. Like you know he doesn't want to play defense. Nope. And you know he, he's not he going to play many garbage. games. No, no, he's not going to play anything. He's probably just going to, you know, preach in the locker room and then miss fifty-seven games every year and collect his checks. But you know, they won fifty-six games in two thousand fourteen. They won forty-one last year. I feel like they're going to be like somewhat in between that, maybe forty-six, forty-seven wins, which is way above their over/under of forty-one and a half. Right. I'm definitely taking the over for Houston. Yeah. But 
I, I don't have them uh, at the at the. You had them at fourth or fifth? I have them at five. Yeah, I don't know. I I just see the defense just being so terrible that they just they end up kind of slowing down at the end and and they they make the playoffs, but they're like a six seven seed. I feel like there's gonna be some nights where they're gonna lose by thirty, and some nights they're gonna win by forty. That was them last yeah. year. Yeah, and on top of that, I mean, D'Antoni is a good coach. It's better than JB Bickerstaff, oh, if nothing yeah. else, right? Yeah. Yep. And I believe in the if you got rid of Dwight Howard, you're probably better for three games. On top of that, too, at least three games. Clint Capella is going to be a double double machine. He's going to give you ten points, ten boards, and one to two blocks every game. Yeah, he's going, to, he's going to have a really good year. And he's probably not going to be watching cartoons in the locker room like Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was probably doing. He was watching cartoons. Watching practice. If I if that story came out, would you? I just made that up. But if that story came out, would you be surprised? I totally bought it already. Uh, I he, already believe it. He, I could literally imagine him like watching a SpongeBob SquarePants on his phone while like someone's trying to do a film session. I, 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 his Fruit Loops. Yeah, I would totally. Uh, uh, that would not surprise me in the slightest. Oh, I forgot they had Corey Brewer too. Oh yeah, that's a pretty solid uh, unit actually. They've got yeah, apparently Cor- they got white boy Sammy Decker. Did you know Corey Brewer's nickname is the Drunken Dribbler? No, <laughs> this is yeah. great. Apparently, that's what he what he's called, the Drunken Dribbler. Is it like Drunken Kung Fu Master? Like he's so crafty with it, or I can only hope so, man. He just looks like, <laughs> or he looks like he's just wasted whenever he's dr- uh, dribbling. Yeah, maybe. And am I seeing this? Did Gary Payton the second make the team or no? I didn't see GP GP uh, the two on there. I, I'm not seeing him on the depth chart, but it might not be accurate. Bummer. Do we all have D League? Do we all have our number five picks out? Yep. Awesome. All right. Now we'll have less and less intrigue. Um, I have John's favorite team of the West, Utah, at number four. See, I got Portland, so that we basically flip flop those two. Yeah, and this is where I had Houston. So we, wow. we kind of just flipped our. So mid- you got to take the over on Houston. I have to. I mean, yeah. Course. We could part. We could put that in a parlay and really uh, pay this one out. Sure, we, let's do that. I like Utah's depth. I completely agree with you that they don't help an alpha, alpha dog. But between their combination of shooting, defense, veteran experience, youth, and just the amount of guys they have in general, I really like this team. And I think it's built very well for the for the regular season in terms of just the amount of people that they can play. And I even feel like if they were to get into round two of the playoffs because of that athleticism, because they do have a little bit of experience, like, okay, yeah, I get Joe Johnson's old and collecting checks, and I get that Boris Jow is old and fat and collecting checks. But you know what? They've been there. They can at least guide the team and say, look, it's kind of like what Paul Pierce was to some extent for the Wizards for us a couple of years ago, that this is what you have to do. This is what it takes to win. Not that Joe Johnson would know that, but at least Boris Jow would know that. They have that presence. I don't know much about Quinn Snyder, being completely honest. I don't know if he's going to be a good coach or if he's just a guy. You know, he's a great college coach. Take that for what it's worth. A good coach for Utah. Um, Gordon Hayward's already injured and how that affects things over the long term. I mean, he's going to be back fairly soon, but how does that affect him for the rest of the season is a question worth watching. Um, but Derek Favors need to, needs to be healthy. He's, yeah, he's been banged up. I, they still have Dante Exum, and between George Hill being a veteran and Dante Exum being young and talented, I, I just think they have the right pieces. I, I, like I said, I'm not saying they're going to overtake 
you know, San Antonio or, or Golden State. But well, if they have to play San Antonio or Golden State in the second round, don't you think they give both teams a fit? That's exactly what I'm saying, that they have the youth yeah. and the athleticism. I, when we get to San Antonio at likely everyone's number two spot, I feel like San Antonio is great and they're so well coached and it's just such a perfect organization. But I don't think, I think Oklahoma City exposed them last year. I think a team like Utah or even, I mean, even a team kind of like Portland or even to a lesser extent Houston, like they'd give them hell because they would just run around and, and, and you know, turn into a track meet. That's not the way they play. No, I can definitely see that. That's, But I can also just see that struggling to, to pull wins. I don't know. Who's, who's getting the last shot? That's, that's what I'm saying. No, that's Hayward's what I'm... getting the last shot. I mean, I think it's more of a contract situation. Like he, all right, he's the white guy. He can shoot. He's got the heaviest contract. I think he's just going to get it. I mean, he's in his prime. He's 26 years old. He's a he's a good player. He's probably, as the saying goes, he's probably the third best player on a championship team. But they're not a championship team. Like we know that they're not even in the top, you know, three or four overall in general. But I think for a team in this capacity, the top four in the West, absolutely. Yeah, but this whole race between the, the fourth and the seventh seed is going to be really fun to watch. You know, if you if Utah ended you up can nine, interchange any of them. Exactly. If Utah somehow ended up a nine, I wouldn't be floored. I really wouldn't. Taking a quick break from today's podcast, I wanted to remind you guys about our good friends at KN Engineering. KN's replacement air filters are designed to increase horsepower improve vehicle performance, and provide excellent engine protection that lasts the life of your car, your truck, or your motorcycle. As the original performance filter of NASCAR, K&N's air filters are made from multiple layers of oil-to-cotton filter, which provides superior airflow, resulting in crisper throttle response and more torque throughout the engine RPM range, and excellent filtration that helps ensure a long engine life. They're easy to install, and they come with a worry-free K&N million-mile limited warranty. So stop buying cheap throwaway air, paper air filters again and again. Go to www.knfilters.com slash podcast and get a great deal on a K&N replacement air filter with free shipping. Plus, as a bonus, you'll get a free K&N hat too if you visit www.knfilters.com slash podcast. I also want to give a shout out to our newest sponsor, and that's InTheGymRange.com. The NBA and college basketball season is right around the corner, and In the Gym Range provides in-depth information from the high school, college, and NBA landscapes. They cover all levels of hoops, from high school basketball all the way through the pros, so make sure you visit www.inthegymrange.com. That's www.inthegymrange.com. I'd be kind of surprised if Dallas or Memphis snuck in at Utah's expense. I would be extremely would surprised be if Memphis got in. Dallas, maybe there could. There's Dirk Nowitzki's there, Rick Carlisle's there, you know, and unfortunately Darren Williams and Harrison Barnes are there, and that you know that's that Andrew Bogut's so there. He's the best. Bogut center, is there, and they, but he's not going to play much. <laughs> they have no. They have. They've got one guy behind him that I've never even heard of, and who is it? That, oh, I'm trying to look it up real quick. All right, get back to us. So I'm going to go ahead and make Cy Majiri. Cy Majiri. S A L A H. Saleh. And then last name's M E J R I. No idea. Yeah, I've never heard of him. And then A J Hammonds. I don't know who that is. So Mason, have, they've got no no centers. Mason is totally giving you the business. No, he? that was me. That's Jay. That's how. <laughs> 
Fantastic. Just decided to come down and dump a big pool of balls all over the floor. That's not the slightest bit surprising. You always got to dump those balls. <laughs> all uh, right. So we've all got the Clippers in number three. I'm going to go ahead and assume that. Yeah. Do they go over, though? Because what's their line at? They're at 53 and a half. I don't. I I have a love hate relationship. I have them actually at just under, but I could be dead wrong. I had them at fifty four. I just don't like this team, and I don't know what it is. Um, I think it's really the Clippers. They haven't really changed much. I think it really comes down to the fact that they still have Austin Rivers, and I think that's what really bugs me. And they need them desperately because they have no other depth. Yeah, they're they're like they're going to cobble together a small forward rotation of Luke Richard and Bob Mbute, Wesley Johnson and Allen Anderson. Like that's what they're going to do at small forward. And Paul Pierce. Uh, Paul and Pierce he decides is very he wants only. to play. Don, yeah, he's not doing anything. He's thirty nine. Like that's not happening. Yeah, he, he really should have retired. I was kind of upset that Allen Anderson ended up there. I, I kinda, he probably wanted to get away from this train wreck that was in Washington. Yeah. Well, he was part of it because he never freaking played. CP is thir- CP3 is 31. He's fine. He's got another couple, two to three to maybe even four good years left. Um, Crawford's 36. Now, now, empirically, the starting five of CP3, Redick, Mbappé, Griffin, and Jordan were actually one of the best starting fives in the league statistically last year. So there's that. Um, but between the bench and – like they have guys like old Doc Rivers guys like Brandon Bass and and, of course, you know – Austin and guys like that on the bench. Mo buckets. They got Mo Spates. Yeah, Mo Mo buckets of chicken. Uh, And Jamal Crawford. Who who knows how how much he's going to have in the tank? But uh, I was reading that um, apparently Doc Rivers is going to take a different approach this season and try to um, limit the amount of time that CP3 and Blake are on the floor together. I just don't think it's going to work because every coach every is so myopic in the sense that every game they want to go and they want to win it. And they're not going to be like, oh, like, like on a random game in, in early December, they're not going to be thinking about games in April. They're going to be like, I want to win tonight because I want to win tonight. Like that's what their job is, is to accumulate the number of wins they win, his team wins. Well, I'm sure that they'll play like the majority of the fourth and obviously be in the starting unit together, but – um, who's who's to say that Chris Paul, you know, ends up not playing like the last six minutes of the of the first quarter, and then Griffin runs that show, and then Chris Paul starts the second, and Griffin kind of sits that one out. So they just want to stagger them. Exactly. Like they just need some force to drive a second unit um, well, because you, they clearly have none. Right. Well, you saw what they did without Blake last year. Yeah, they, they were better. Be damn well. So it makes total sense to stagger them. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's what they're going to do. And yeah. hopefully DeAndre Jordan can hit a freaking free throw. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves there. They, they won't be doing the um, nowhere near the ball unintentional foul garbage anymore. So they've cut back some of the hack-a-player a little bit. They haven't gotten rid of it completely. Yeah, I don't like that the league did that either. They, they you know, I agree that it sucks to watch that stuff. It but... does. But you shouldn't like penalize. Like you shouldn't make a rule because certain players suck. Yeah, <laughs> it's not everybody else's fault that DeAndre Jordan couldn't hit a free throw if his family's life depended on it. Exactly. Like you just then as a coach, you have to just not play the guy, right? right. That's the whole strategy. Why do you want to eliminate a piece of strategy for a really crappy player? Because it makes the games boring as shit. Ah, people are still watching. They made a ton of money. They made it. They made so much money that they're going to have a collective bargaining agreement uh, within the next week or so 
sign. Yeah, yeah, that extends. I think it extends like six years guaranteed, and then an opt-out clause. Yeah, because they're like, hey, everything's great, guys. <laughs> yeah, rolling. I was going to say, with the way Golden State's doing things right now, any type of you know negative publicity would be disastrous because this the league is going to be a cash cow this year, even though the finals are all but set. Like it's gonna, they're just going to generate gobs of money so to do anything to take away from that momentum would be very very dumb here's a question for you chris paul can opt out of his contract at the end of the year if the clips fail in the second round again and you're chris paul and you see you've got blake and and deandre and you know you could be a free agent too that's a good point so you're in that situation do you leave and then if absolutely. he absolutely you go, you try to get on the Spurs. They need a point guard. No, you're passing up twenty four point two million dollars, and I don't know if the Spurs can necessarily dole that out. I think the Spurs, Chris Paul and the Spurs, is an absolutely fa- fantastic thought, but cap wise, it's not realistic. It's not going to be, and, very- he's, and he's not going to Cleveland to create the banana boat. That's not happening. Banana boat. He, they want to play together, right? Wasn't yeah, there that not, whole story that they all want have to, to take oh, the yeah. veterans minimum? And Kyrie's not going to give up that spot. Never mind. Right? No Disregard. way. Disregard. And Kevin Love just got his big fat deal last year. Do you have him go to the Timberwolves? <sighs> no, he's going to ring chase at that point. Like he's not going to go to the Timberwolves. And yeah. I don't think he wants to play seventy six minutes a game for for Tibbs. Not to mention the fact that Tibbs is going to be like you know we have Chris Dunn anyway or. Well, maybe. Every coach hates young players, so. Yeah, there's really – the problem is there's no contender that could sign him. It's not like he can roll into Boston and say, hey, guys. He could roll into Indiana, and it might be interesting there. I don't still think, doesn't put you in contention. I don't think Chris Paul's going to go to Indiana. I think that would take them to number two in the East at least. Yeah. Mike Conley to San, to San Antonio just made so much sense. I don't know why it didn't happen. It would have just been that would have been beautiful. That would have been a perfect fit, and that would have that would have instantaneously been like now we can go toe to toe with Golden State. I mean, maybe not toe to toe with with Kevin Durant being there, but it would have been really damn interesting. So segue into that, San Antonio. I assume we all yeah. have the number two. Seed. Clearly, number yes. two. Yes. Yeah. Do they go over or under? I don't. I was waffling on this one. That's a, it's a tough line. 56 wins. I, I think we all agree that they're not going to be the same team as they were last year when they won, what, like 67 and no, and no one even cared? Right. I think they're going over that. I, I do. I think they're going over, but it's still going to be. That's a, that's a, I'm not betting on it. It's definitely a tough mark to hit given how balanced the West is kind of becoming. But um, I don't know. If, if they can keep LaMarcus Aldridge happy and uh, if Kawhi Leonard um, – what happened to him in the playoffs last year? That was that was kind of disappointing. Deer in the but, headlights. Yeah. It was deer in the headlights. I think Kawhi Leonard is one of those players who can do everything at a very, very high level. But and this goes even back to the two thousand whatever the finals were that they ended up winning and and Kawhi basically smothered LeBron his last year in my um his last in Miami. Like Pop had to push him so hard, being like, "Do you realize you're the best player on the floor? Like you have to play like you're the best player on the floor." Like almost pushing the confidence into him or getting it out of him because he's one of those guys. Like he's just good at everything, and he's almost content to kind of be a wallflower as a result of it. And in the playoffs, 
I think it was Oklahoma City, they were like, all right, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, you want to get 45 points tonight? Great. We're going to be the only ones, like, you're going to be the only one scoring. We don't even have to worry about Tony Parker because that guy is geriatric at this point. We're just going to put, <laughs> we're just going to put three guys on Kawhi and we're going to let you score 50 points a game and then we know we're still going to win. That's why if you look at his stat line, Aldridge would play great in that series because they were like, we're going to cover everybody else. Yep. <laughs> so, and so Kawhi- how- how does Pau Gasol really fit in? Because he's kind of like the Tim Duncan replacement. Oh, duh. he can't. He can't defend. He does have, so like you replace Tim Duncan, who is probably one of the best all-time health defenders, like in the history of the game, with a dude best power forward ever. Yeah, and the dude with a dude who just doesn't want to move his feet on defense. Yeah, well, I, I don't that's think. Sad. Yeah, Pau, <laughs> Pau Gasol at this point, his the translation of his name in Spanish is "I'm not playing defense anymore." Because their depth. Behind- uh, it's pretty pretty sad. I mean, they're gonna have to play a whole lot of David Lee. Ugh. Uh, I love ESPN. Small ball, man. Go with small ball. ESPN's description of Pau Gasol is immobile defender. That's all. That's always. A, a <laughs> that's good, what I want in my center. A good description of a basketball player: immobile. That's exactly what he was on the Bulls. You I mean, just want a skyscraper that doesn't go anywhere. They still have their collection of Manu and Patty Mills and and other guys like that. And then Kyle got, Anderson's pretty good young guy. They have interesting young and unheard of guys. David Lee is there. When did David that happen? Lee. David yeah. Lee. I'll be a monkey's uncle. Yeah. Well, he had to replace David West, who gave them nothing. Who else. gave them absolutely nothing? So he that went, was so disappointing too. I really expected more out of that. Uh, I didn't realize that like he wasn't ring chasing. He was just keep getting him checks chasing because otherwise he, he didn't do a I, damn thing. I think he like, is ring chasing. He's, he's ring chasing because he's in Golden State he's now. Golden State now. Yeah. yeah. He's like there are two teams that can win a championship. I'm going to one of them. <laughs> Except I'm not going to play for either of them. Literally. Oh, he'll play. He'll, he'll get minutes, Uncle. He has to get minutes because the, their depth isn't that that great. It's not terrible, but it's not great. You know, Draymond's going to get suspended at some point. Oh, he has to. Freaking head case. To borrow a line from Bobby Hill, the question is whether I'm going to kick you in the testicles now or if I'm going to kick you in the testicles later. But I'm going to kick you in the testicles. Get off my purse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I actually I, I think they're, I actually might think take them a slightly under. Tony Parker. Still, Pop is still I, the coach. It's exactly. They still have pieces. Exactly they still have quiet. Kawhi Leonard is a is a dark horse MVP candidate, and he will be for the rest of his damn career. Every year, because he's every a year. freaking animal. Tony Parker's thirty four years old, and those thirty four years have some city miles on them. That's all right. They've got they've got guys that can fill in. Patty Mills can fill in, and then uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to screw up his name, but it's like Duante Murray is. Uh, people are talking about him as a as a potential young find for the Spurs. Their first round pick, right? Yeah, yeah, he was a good selection. That was like a guy who should have gone to the teens, and then of course he falls to the Spurs at twenty nine because that's what happens. Yeah, they just get guys. His name is Dejounte, but it has a U in it. It really confuses me. This is why I botched it. Yeah, that's all right. Maybe it's a U, silent U. Just call him DJ. <laughs> I, I put silent, silent U's in all my words. <laughs> I also like silent T's. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. All right, and the number one team in the West, Do we the Los Angeles about them? the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Vivek. Um, Shout yeah. out to the Indian homeboy Vivek and ruining it for all Indian people in sports again. Uh, seriously, 
What happened to that dude Khan? Wasn't he like supposed to be amazing? Shad Khan was Pakistani technically, so. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Who's brown, so kind of counts. It's doing a great job in Jacksonville. Baby nope. steps, baby steps. But yes, Kobe's Golden State. Tony Romo. <clears throat> Does Golden State win 66 or 67 games? They Over should. Over 66 and a half, right? I think so. Shouldn't they win 70? Yeah, I give Just because, like, don't you expect them to win every freaking night? Your death lineup replaces Barnes with Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah. You can have two top 15 players on the court at all times. At all times. It's like, all right, we're only down by 10 heading into the second quarter. All right, second unit, get in there. Crap, we're down by 30. Their death lineup has a combined 14 all-star game appearances. (laughs) <laughs> it's insane it's yeah. 14 all-star game appearances and when they trot out their starting lineup has three of the top 12 scorers in the nba last season so toronto was the only team in the nba that had two scorers in the top 15 and they were the only team with two not, not cleveland not san antonio nobody else even had two toronto had two golden state had three in the top 12 or now has three of the top 12 last year they are I mean, we, we we talked about this in our previous podcast, but they are, and they're not that they're not that uh thin as we think about either. Like they actually have there's something on the bench. It's not you know they got Javale McGee. Javale so McGee, baby. Oh my God, why he's, he's gonna win a ring? He's gonna win a ring. I I pray to God he gets cut before the end of the season. I don't think he's getting a ring on a guaranteed contract. I don't. I doubt he is. No, but I don't think he'd get cut because they need a big. They they suffered in uh, at the big um, they can last year. Any, I would but... make do with Zaza and David West. There's no way I would. Anderson Varejo is still there. If Anderson Varejo is there. If that's worth anything. David Jones is a young guy. Um, Kevin Looney will help them at least at the four. And then uh, they still have James Michael McAdoo. I mean, so they have – Big guys, they don't have necessarily centers, but they don't need centers. No, just especially need, if they run small, which is exactly they just need guys over six eight to play the four and the five. Yeah, non guaranteed contract for the veterans minimum. Yeah, please, 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 please don't let him get a ring. Oh, now I'm rooting for it. Oh god, <laughs> like that's a reason to root against the team. Oh my god, they're I can't believe they're going to be the villains. It makes yeah. me, it just depresses me. Like people will be rooting for Cleveland. Oh, I will not root for Cleveland. I don't see how they're the course, villains. I mean, unless you're just I, a I hater. Think they, I think they got twisted a little. I think a lot of people are hating that he got they got Durant and they just got better and you know, they were kind of cocky and arrogant and they rubbed people the wrong way in the the playoffs this past year and Steph Curry lost a little luster with his playoff performance. The amount yeah, of ball washing uh, that we did with Miami Golden State deserves even more because Golden State is, I at least in my opinion, a much more likable team than oh they are any permutation of the Miami Heat. Yeah, I agree, but there is also a lot of hate towards the Heat, and I think it's similar things happening here. Right? It's the exact. It's almost the exact same situation. This super team somehow forms, and you just got to hate on something. But but I think people this time realize that the super team formed because of the cap increase. Any other year, this team does not happen. I don't think any knowledge. I don't think any fan, like most right. fans, even think about that. Well, it, <laughs> there there are some smart basketball fans, and they they would notice that. I'm, I, yeah, fine. 
I think the novelty of this entire thing, like what makes it different from the Heat, is these aren't three guys who preordained their plans. I mean, yes, you know, Draymond was recruiting um, Durant all season long last year, but the fact that you had three of the top twenty-five players in the NBA on your team, and then you just add one of the top three players on the NBA in the NBA on top of that to your team, it's never been done before. I think it's almost interesting from a historic perspective to see how this chemistry experiment works. It's a video game in real life. Right. It is playing like it's turning on. Like I remember in Madden when I used to like cheat and, and you know, trade. I would sign guys off the free agent rack. I would like bump up their value artificially and trade them and get some good, a bunch of good players on my team and then kick, you know, kick everybody's ass by 50 points. Except this is in real life. Right. But I, I the other small tidbit is... What crazy crap is Draymond going to do to piss off his teammates this year? Yeah, he's already – I mean it's already kind of – news reports are coming out saying he's been kind of building up tension with the team there. Well, there was that story that's in ESPN the magazine that just came out a few days ago of um, you know, Basically, him. Clay hates him. Yeah, exactly. Clay hates him. Kerr hates him. Kerr hates him. And you know, he's just a little bit – it's the – I, I can't – He's integral to their to to winning. He's like absolutely necessary for them to win, though. It's there's such a unique case because while, while Stephen Curry is the scoring alpha dog, he's not the emotional alpha dog. Like he's not the guy you worry the most about pissing off. You worry the most about pissing off Draymond Green. And I'll still remember, you know, watching Game Seven of last year. Draymond Green was the best player in the Warriors. Draymond Green yep. was the only one who showed up in Game Seven. He was balling out. He was ridiculous in the first half. I'm so pissed they lost. He was the only one saying, no, fuck you. We're not losing tonight. Uh, Yeah, that counts for something. But it's kind of a dual-edged sword that you have to take the good with the bad in that case. Like, yeah, he's going to do that. so freaking off the ledge crazy. And there's a bunch of players who are like, you know, enough. Like, we we get it. Like, you're just, you know, we don't have to be shouted at for every single thing. And then the coach is like, well, if I just tone him down a little bit, do I completely lose him? Maybe I can change him. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like taking a (laughs) glass of water and saying, let me just pour a little bit out. And then the next thing you know, the whole glass is tipped over and it's all done. Or it's the the neurotic girl trying to date the drug dealer and turn him into like a, you know, that's to Neil's point. I see some hope in him. Yeah. yeah. Now he's he's going to be a head case for a while, dude. I was just surprised that Kerr had so much issues because wasn't Kerr the one that said, hey, we got to start this guy? Probably. Yeah, I mean Kerr's going to back his guy during the season as much. I'm very surprised that it came out as well. That's not very Kerr-like. Right. I think something something had to leak there and I hope, uh, you know, I hope they're dealing with it properly internally. I love the story where like, Luke Walton's giving an interview as the interim coach, and, and Draymond's like, what, you're too good to load my balls anymore? And he's like, and the next day, Luke Walton isn't doing the interview anymore. He's loading Draymond Green's balls. And I'm like, his stats plummeted when Kerr came back. He was he was he was doing great when Luke because he could do whatever he wanted. Wait, wait I, I didn't even know that because I mean I, obviously I didn't watch the championship parade. But he was like when Draymond Green was talking the championship parade, and he's like, "Yeah, Kerr hates me." He's like, "Kerr hates it every time I shoot." And Stephen Kerr's like, "That's because you shoot twenty six percent from three. Yeah, that's a good zinger. <laughs> you know? that's, I mean, that's, numbers don't lie there, buddy. <laughs> oh man, Except yeah. When you're angry in Game Seven of the Finals and you hit every three you take. And it goes in, yeah. Yeah. I I think the Durant experiment is just going to be fascinating. From a pure empirical, we've never seen this before, 
you know, angle. There's so much pressure on them. Yeah. Like, this is the most pressure, I think, like even Anybody. more so than any Miami Heat team has ever had. Absolutely. Much more pressure than even the first the first year of Miami where they lost to Dallas. And, you know, LeBron had to do his, you know, what did that do commercial? Yeah, but, <laughs> but Miami didn't have the opposition that, like Golden State, there's a definite, you know, antagonist. I don't want to say that. That's not the right word, but a challenger in Cleveland. Yeah, I think the Spurs. I mean, the Spurs were. I don't know. think the Spurs. I think if 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 Golden State and the Spurs played on a neutral court seven times, I, I don't see the Spurs winning more than one. Right. No, I mean in the Miami. Um, oh, the Miami. Oh, I it, the Miami yeah, yeah. I don't this, think, but it wasn't this bit. I mean, this is a rivalry. I mean, you've never had. The, oh yeah, three times in a row. Yeah, three yeah. Times it just in never happened. It's inevitable. I think you'd be literally throwing away money to think that Golden State and Cleveland is not the definite finals. Like we're just destined for that, and it really just comes down to what does this team look like at that time, and you know how does what does the dynamic of this team look like when how does it integrate Durant and how do they figure things out and who's healthy and it doesn't matter and who takes who takes the last shot and if can they figure it out? I mean they have. What's nine months or seven months to figure that out? But one who they, takes the shot, the guy who's open. It's yep. very simple. But who does Curry they, draw it up for at the end of the game? Curry. I, Initially, he's got to draw it up for Curry. And just as we're because John and I were talking about this, I can't remember when it was another pod, I think. And there was that comment where they asked Clay, they're like, "Clay, are you going to sacrifice any of your shots for Durant?" He's like, "I'm not sacrificing shit." He's like, "I'm gonna shoot." <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. if he keeps hitting at his rate, you know they're going to. That's the mentality you got to have. I mean, and they're going to be a good defensive team too. And that's the other thing: are they going to get the Durant, the defensive Kevin Durant that they got from last year's playoffs, or is it going to be like, you know, I got to shoot? Somebody asked Durant. They were like, "I'm so surprised that you're playing." Oh, it was Simmons. Bill Simmons asked him on any given Sunday. He goes, "I was so surprised to see you play defense like that." And Durant just looked at him. He goes, "I've always played defense like that." And I was like, Damn, yeah, probably not the best question to ask, but like, oh, I'm so surprised you performed your job. Yeah, he's like, I always played. De- so I, I would expect him to play defense at a high level in the playoffs. Yeah, not in the regular season. They're going to get ripped on so much if he like laid back on defense or any. If he does anything wrong uh, at like in the playoffs or even really during the regular season, if they get into some kind of slump, which I don't see happening, Durant is just going to get so much shit. It's not even funny. I think if anyone is the villain, even more than Draymond, I think it's Durant. And just because of, you know, there's the whole, like you, you have to go join them to win a team. And then, you know, well, he let a whole city down, you know, he yeah. just crushed them. Yeah. He it, crushed them. If there was anything, especially that, when you were inches away that you have to like blame Durant for, I think it's exactly that, that, you know, you, a small market team that you grew up in and you did so much for the community. And there were little white kids in Oklahoma city wearing your Jersey and you let them down to go join the glitz and glam and whatever the hell you want to call it of golden state. Like, I think that storyline or that rationale you can say yeah that was kind of a dick move but that's like a programmer going from a startup company to facebook you know (laughs) sometimes you want to jump to the big times listen if you're you know facebook is evil empire so hey now hey now (laughs) let's let's not uh let's not say too many bad things about facebook love you mark (laughs) Uh, 
So the uh, the the other thing is that last year um, Golden State was very healthy, and it was it was especially throughout the regular, regular season. season. Yep, and it's it's very rare for for that to happen. But they were healthy because they're only playing like twenty four minutes a game. Yeah, they weren't playing fourth quarters. I mean, but they and were. They're not going like, to do that this year either. Yeah, I don't think I don't know because, well, I guess so because they started getting hurt when, um, you know, Curry had to play more and such, but. Wouldn't that imply that they should play a little bit more minutes to get the endurance? I don't think endurance is going to be a question for yeah. these for these professional athletes. No, I think I think not, not an not endurance, risky. but just like yeah, I, I I don't know. For some reason, I just have this bad feeling that a major injury is going to happen again in the playoffs at some point. But the problem is, is they can absorb it. I guess they can now if, because they don't have to If Durant gets hurt, it's like, oh, crap, we only have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Or if Steph gets hurt, it's like, dang it, I guess we got to get the ball to Kevin Durant. All right, so if you had to put a large amount of money, your next mortgage on it, does Golden State make it? I'm not asking winning right now. They, do they make it to the finals? Absolutely. Yes. All right, just making yeah. sure that there's no – Somebody's no going to get one crazy. Fit, though. It's not – I don't think they're going to be like Cleveland was last year and basically sweep their way to the finals. Um, I think they're going to have some struggles. It's not going to be the clip. Maybe the clips. Maybe we'll take them to six games because they hate. They legitimately hate each other. I don't see San Antonio doing so. Um, don't but don't you think like Minnesota in the first round? Yes, I think Minnesota them, because of the length doesn't doesn't even. I don't think they win two games. I think maybe they win one game, but they at least push them very very hard. That was kind of like what Memphis did to Golden State a couple a couple of years ago. Even what um. New Orleans did at the eighth seed, where they were like, "This is a feisty eighth seed, and they only won one game." But you know, damn hell, it was they—they they gave them a, a fight for five games. I, I could see that. Yeah, it, it's not going to be an easy pass, but they definitely get. Well, the Vegas line for them winning it is—is is you have to give a hundred and fifty bucks to win a hundred bucks. Yeah, I'm not doing minus one fifty on it. <laughs> oh my god! So, but you can play the field for a hundred dollars. You win. It's plus one twenty. I'm not playing the field. Well. The field also include Cleveland in that. The so. field would include Cleveland. But then my opinion is, why would I make that bet? Why wouldn't I just bet Cleveland? Which, I don't know what their payout is, but uh, I'm sure it's better than that. It's a little better. I think it's somewhere. I think it's still like I think it's minus 120 or something in that neighborhood. Something obvious. Which in what point you just play the field, as you said. All right. So wrapping up for the Western Conference. That's where our picks are, and that point to the, that's it for today's podcast. So, for those of you listening, if you haven't done so already, please make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us some feedback. Tell us you think our picks suck. Tell us you think our thoughts suck. Tell us you think we're awesome because we already know that already, or whatever else in between. Follow us for those of you on SoundCloud and leave us some feedback there. And make sure you check out part two when we're going to cover the Eastern Conference and our beloved Washington Wizards and Neil's shit show Chicago Bulls. Uh... Sorry. And until then, thank you. <laughs> Get your scotch ready, Neil. Oh, I will. And until then, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.